0: You got anything on your chest besides your chin you better get it off
2: all right then you asked for it
0: yes we did so lay it on us free for all friday means you set the tone sitting in for libby's nimer here is bob Comsick.
3: there we go. Good afternoon. You'd think I haven't done this or something. Another gorgeous day and a glorious weekend, if you believe the forecast. Highs of 20, then 21 tomorrow, 18 on Sunday, twice as mild as usual for this time of year. And with 51 days until Christmas, that's right, we would, of course, be talking about the weather. Now, while Environment Canada's forecast is shouting sunshine, The political forecast is shouting protest as tens of thousands of education workers have chosen to strike over the Ford government's controversial move to impose a contract on them and to fine them for what the conservatives view as an illegal job action. The workers say the government's given them no choice. Was there one that either or both sides could have made which would have prevented this? How are you feeling? Are you a parent, maybe a grandparent? Your child, grandchild, at home? How's it affecting your life and theirs? Four one six three six zero zero seven forty or toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And we welcome Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat.
4: This is so. So sad because this doesn't need to happen. There is a provision which is called compulsory arbitration. And Ford, like some other leaders in Canada and in the world, wants to control things rather than using the processes that have been developed over the years. Um, We have the same thing with these MZOs that I've commented on, municipal zoning orders, where the province can override whatever takes place at lower levels. So um, we're not alone in this. The same thing has been happening in the U.S., in Hungary until recently in Brazil, and now in Israel, if I understand the news report. So um, there is an easy answer, but Doug doesn't want to give up control because the settlement might be higher than he wants to give people. So that that's what's been missing in all of this.
3: You mentioned about the binding arbitration and former Toronto Mayor David Crombie even alluded to that as being a a save face uh move that could be made and in order to let both sides go back into their corners in this uh in this fight and uh you know just go over their their strategies and, and maybe just take a step back from the edge, although as of today, we've obviously stepped off the, the edge, the ledge, and here we find ourselves in in Bob, this situation.
4: Bob, but the point you're missing is, by doing compulsory arbitration, you're taking the decision away from both sides, away from the government, away from CUPE. It will then be made by people who are experts in this area, and, and that is what the government doesn't like, because As we know in the past, sometimes the awards have been higher than uh, the government wants to give, or they could be lower than the other side wants. But this is the easy, simple solution. It's been part of our system for probably 75 years. So um, there is a solution.
3: Do you think, uh, Pat, before we let you go, do you feel, as some critics of this move by the government have stated over the past few days, they worry that this won't stop here meaning it won't stop with these 55,000 uh QP workers that it's basically uh I'm putting it a different way but their their slant is this is the thin edge of the wedge the the government will do this with uh, other unions it won't stop here
4: well that's probably the case and um and I mean one of my complaints is we have what I refer to as the haves and the have-nots in our society the haves are those who work for government Uh, Who get you know seventy percent index pensions if they put in thirty five years, whereas other people have to save on their own. And if they have big inflation at the end of the time that they're working, too bad. So sad. It it doesn't reflect necessarily in what they get in their from their RIF or whatever arrangements they've made to, to save for retirement.
3: Okay Pat thank you so much have a have a good have a day. day yeah and weekend enjoy what looks like will be a glorious one with the uh, the weather and and stay safe maybe uh as we move on here maybe you're there's someone in your family who's affected by this in terms of uh possibly having to rearrange things now as far as your your work life in order to be home with with a child or maybe a, a grandchild. Maybe you have somebody in the family who is out today uh, on the lines or maybe you have someone else in the education system who is not at work today because the schools are closed and they're affected even though they're not out there on on the picket line and picket lines. And there's so many of them uh that have sprouted out uh, today. And it looks like uh, this is clearly going to go for the next little while, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, Fingers crossed that uh, it won't. But I guess at the same time, as hopeful as we try to be, we have to be realistic as both sides appear to have uh, dug in their heels for the time being. So give us a shout 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Now, just before signing off on the news, Chris also mentioned Chris Christine Ross also mentioned that you may wish to talk about any experiences that you have in the healthcare system. Well, we've got Helen in Toronto joining us. Now, welcome Helen. You'd care to share one?
5: Yes, I've got a really good one. Uh, my friend's daughter was making a wedding on Wednesday. My friend has dementia. She's tube-fed, and the tube came out. So she took her to the hospital. This was Monday, two days before the wedding, and sat there for I don't know how long. And they said, I'm sorry, there are 30 ahead of you. We can't do anything. And uh, she says, well, she could die without it because we can't put, give her any medication. And then uh, they just weren't going to budge. Bring her back tomorrow. That would be the day before the wedding. So she suddenly remembered that she had a friend whose mother had a feeding tube, and this friend knew how to put a temporary one in to keep her overnight. The next day, Tuesday, the day before the wedding, she was supposed to take her back to have a new tube put in. And luckily, one of her friends phoned up and said, Listen, listen you've got a wedding tomorrow, you've got a bride to look after, I will take her to the hospital and have a tube put in. Now, what if she didn't have that kind of person around, or what if there was nobody around uh, to put the the temp tube in? My friend would have died. She's got dementia. There's nothing, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where she can't even tell you if it hurts or if she's hungry. Mm -hmm. So she's got dementia, she's got a feeding tube, the daughter's got a wedding, and their life goes on. So I thought that would be an interesting one for those other people who are finding that they just can't get care.
3: Yeah, and you you make a good point because I think we all know how this story would have turned out otherwise, and uh, fortunately, uh, things worked out for the better, but there are so many other well, stories out do? there. I don't know anybody yeah.
5: who could put a feeding tube in. Mm-hmm. I have no, you know, like, no clue as to what to do. Uh, I'd probably just rant and rave until I got them so upset they'd do something about it. But uh she was just thank God somebody was able to step up. Yeah. What Otherwise, a... right, we'd have a different outcome than a wedding.
3: And just uh to throw something your way and uh and then we'll move on here, uh Helen. Uh what do you make of the situation, uh what's what's going on now with uh With the COVID cases creeping up, you've got uh, the chief medical officer, Dr. Kieran Moore, musing about the possibility of uh, some form of mask mandate uh, returning. Do you wear one? Do you plan on wearing one more? Are you waiting to see what he says? What?
5: Um, I've had three COVID shots and then I had COVID. I want you to know I was sicker after the shot than I was when I had COVID. I didn't even know I had COVID. One of my friends, uh, said to me, well, maybe you should get test, maybe you should test yourself. And when I did, I found that, yeah, I have COVID. It was milder than the flu, lasted two days, but I was tired for three. Uh, and the test kept showing for another week. And I was told by the pharmacy it could show for another week. I think COVID is with us just like the flu, that we're going to have to learn to live with it. Um, I can't see, Where I, I wear glasses, uh, sunglasses, I can't be without them. And so I'm always in a fog when I'm wearing a mask. And I don't know if I want to be in a fog for the rest of my life. I'm a senior. I want to yeah. see what I'm buying when I shop. So
3: yeah.
6: it's
5: a very difficult dilemma, especially when you've got grandchildren.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. Literally, you don't want to be in a fog. Figuratively, maybe you'll take it, but not literally. No one wants to literally be in one. Anyway, I want to thank you for your uh, contributions here today on uh, Fight Back.
5: Thank you for letting me have the time.
3: You're welcome. All right, Sophie and Hamilton, uh, you're switching things up. What would you care to stand up on the soapbox and discuss? Go ahead, Sophie. Yes, go ahead.
7: Good morning. It's Sophie calling from Hamilton. Yes, I need to talk about the cost of our natural gas, the gas that's heating our homes. Mm -hmm. I'm a senior in my late 70s on a fixed income. I'm very disturbed by the 300% increase. That's $50 more a month for my natural gas.
3: You're paying now.
7: Once the furnace goes on full time, will I be paying $200? Or more a month? You know, that's more than my house and car insurance combined. Food costs have increased up more than a dollar or two. But here, I have a choice to purchase or not. With my gas, I don't. I am on an equal monthly payment plan. I wonder, would I be better off to change to actual usage plan, I would truly would love to hear from people to call in um, and give me their input and opinion.
3: Yeah, thanks for doing my part there and inviting others to to give us a call (laughs) and see if they might have any suggestions. I would
7: also like to say, you know, uh, here we are with Coopie and the teachers—they're fighting for eleven percent over three years, I believe.
3: Well, it's eleven point seven, but like anything, right? Government—you yes. know—the one uh, side. These are wait, that hang need on. Help? No, exactly, exactly.
7: Yet, yet, big corporations and business seem to always benefit, and not the hardworking families.
3: That's one of the so, arguments, thank you, Bob.
7: Uh, I, uh, I uh, thank you for listening, and I've got my radio on. I would like to hear with any other comments that people might okay. have.
3: Okay Sophie, thank you. Thanks. And as Sophie pointed out, uh with the the QP workers and what they're seeking, it's like anything in any negotiation. The boss or in this case the government doesn't want to give you the most or what they might settle at. They always try to lowball. You always go for the uh for the sky uh in terms of the worker and eventually Sometimes begrudgingly, one or both sides uh, have to kind of swallow it a little bit and, and settle for something in between, maybe right down the middle, maybe a little bit more toward the boss, maybe a little bit more toward the the employee. But the reason... Sophie in Hamilton called up. She was talking about the how her natural monthly or monthly natural gas prices are going up and the difficulty that's presenting her and, of course, presenting a lot of seniors, uh, a lot of people in this province, a lot of seniors who are on, on fixed income. And uh, the Zoomers advocacy group, CARP, uh, has been pushing for for some improvements in these areas to help seniors so that they're not having to make a decision. Do I heat? or do I eat? That's been, of course, a theme in in past campaigns that uh, CARP has had. And we all know with inflation, what it's doing these days, you have to look at your food bill, you have to look at your wallet for the gas bill, uh, or you've got uh, meaning gasoline for the vehicle. If you're driving, you've got natural gas for the home. So there are a lot of balls in the air that you have to pay these days, more attention to so you don't drop one inadvertently and really feel it versus in the past, maybe a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have given it all that much thought. It's something you have to pay, something you got to do. And life goes on. You make those payments. But now there is that increasing pressure where people are making tough decisions, even when they go uh, to the store in terms of what they buy, how much they buy, can this wait until maybe the next paycheck or the next monthly payment? And uh, a lot of tough decisions that people like Sophie and Hamilton, you, myself, and others are having to make these days. 416-360-0740. Toll free at one 866 740 740 And give us a call, just like Karen in Bolton has. Welcome, Karen. Yes, I'm, I'm
8: just calling about uh, some new regulations that have come out with regard to heritage sites that I saw and it seems that uh, the developers are getting the edge on this because what they're doing is they're reducing the regulations and the obligations of the developers to uh when they take over these properties what they have to do they used to have to put a park in and that was part of what was good for the environment i don't know i just find that uh, based on what I'm seeing in the world today right now, I feel we're in a bad way with this government right now. That's my comment.
3: Okay. All right. Short and sweet. There you go. Some of us could take a lesson from that. Just make your point and uh, out you go. And we're going to take a time out here and then we'll be back. Bob Comsick filling in for Libby's Nimer. You are listening to Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. It's free for all Friday. Come on and join
0: the fray. Give us a call. Right after this, you're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Zneimer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby's Nimer, here is Bob Comsick. Welcome back, and let's
3: welcome Brian in Mimico. What would you like to talk about, Brian?
9: i like to talk about the uh, public service unions and teachers' unions. You know, they never used to exist. The whole idea was you work for the government. uh, The only people that it affects is the people. And that's the only employer you got. Your job's not going to another company. It's not going to China. You have a good, steady job for life with the best benefits going and a great pension that the government paid a lot more towards than you did. And the trade-off used to be you made a little less than the private sector. Now that's all changed. They are now the biggest, most powerful, richest unions around now. And uh, you know all the private sector ones are dying off. And when they go on strike, it affects us all. I don't think they should be allowed to have unions and go on strikes. There's no reason for it. And they have just gotten totally carried away over the years. The private sector and their unions never never got over wage and price controls. They've been they still have a lot of places don't get raises. But the government unions just carried on their merry way after that. Continued on to get their automatic pay raises all the time and cost of living bonuses, better benefits than all of us, better pension than everything else. And now they're not paid less than the private sector, they're paid 10, 20, 30 percent more than the private sector. They have gotten completely out of hand, and that's what's going on here right now. Okay, so. spoiled by the liberals
3: okay let me jump in here okay so you're saying let's uh go back to the time when we didn't have these unions so on saturday night we're rolling the clock clocks back an hour you want to roll it back years and is that realistic decades. yeah i know yeah uh, yeah decades i exactly so Realistically, though, okay, that's what you're calling for, but you know that'll never, ever, ever happen. I mean, we know that, but
9: no, it won't. It won't happen, thanks, to Pierre Trudeau's unasked for charter rights and freedoms. That's why we had to let them unionize, because we'd be uh, violating their precious rights. Mm-hmm. But I just want to point out to people, don't give that much sympathy to them, because they're they're up on a pedestal. And we allow that to happen. And I don't... Something should be done just to curtail that or just curb it in.
3: Now, if you've been following this particular uh, contract dispute... Uh, closely, then you know that QP has said how its workers, many of them uh, women, are not making all that much annually. And that's why they're asking and have been asking, not just this time around, but for years have been asked, have been asking to be uh, treated fairly, that uh, in a way this government is singling them out because of the fact it's predominantly female versus male, which the Ford government would never play uh, hardball with to the degree that it's playing uh, with CUPE in this case.
9: Well, the problem is, you know, these people, the early learning and people like that, people that deal with children with the problems, they should be in the teachers' union, and they should make that kind of money the teachers make. But, of course, with this union here, if you give it to them, uh, a raise like that, then you've got to give it to all the other people, and that's a big problem. These people do deserve a raise. See, Ford should just kick up their wages of these people, and that's it. But tell the union, no, it's not automatic across the board, so don't bother coming up to us with that one.
3: Okay. All right. Brian and Mimico, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Let's go to uh, Daryl here in Toronto. Daryl, welcome. You want to talk uh, about something that was making headlines back uh, last winter? Um, yeah, well, the, oh. truck, the trucker convo. Oh, well, right?
10: no, no, that, that's part of what I want to talk oh, about. Really okay. quick. okay. I want to say, number one, seems to me that every union that has anything to do with the provincial government should be on strike supporting these people. Um, the idea of the notwithstanding clause is just totally egregious. It's, it's ridiculous. How can they even go and make a contact with them now when Ford could go back and nullify it later with the notwithstanding clause and, and impose something else. So every, every union that deals with them should be... And frankly, I think they should stay on strike until the government passes legislation, the Ontario government, that they can't use the notwithstanding clause in issues like this. Because there's no reason to negotiate a deal with them if, if the government can turn around and throw this in their face or whatever. Also... Uh, As I said, every union should be out there with them. I'd like to know for all the people from the convoy, rather than testifying in Ottawa right now, but where they are fighting for for the rights and freedoms of of Canadians at this point. Um, It also, it seems to me that Ford has absolutely no interest in, really, in democracy. He doesn't like voices at the table. He cut the number of voices for the Toronto Council as soon as he could. He, uh, he cut down the science table because he doesn't want them, you know, making statements and things like that. And now he's trying to do this. And it seems to me that the notwithstanding clause, there should be a, a body, an independent body, that has to either certify or decertify any notwithstanding clause when a, when a government tries to use it. And that if it's not certified by this, this body, that the government should have to step down for even trying to use it. So those are some mm-hmm. of my...
3: Ideas? Okay, Daryl, just to ask you then, I have a funny feeling I know what your response is going to be. I asked one of our other callers earlier about this. Do you think that this is merely what's happened here with the use of the notwithstanding clause to make this law and uh, put us in the position uh, that we're in today and it looks like for the foreseeable future? Do you consider this move by the government, the thin edge of the wedge and that forwarding
10: in the waters, That's to, you know, so that he can do whatever he wants. He figures if he's not going to get any pushback every time he threatens the notwithstanding clubs, then he'll just go ahead and do it. And frankly, I, I find it disgusting. Okay. So he should be up in arms about it. And uh, that's where it's at.
3: Okay. Appreciate it, Daryl in Toronto. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye now. And we're going to stay in Toronto. We're going to go to Joseph in Toronto, who wants to uh, weigh in on this. Welcome.
2: Welcome, and thanks for taking my call, Bob. Um, you know, I just don't like the fact that in Ontario, this notwithstanding clause is used a lot, um, you know, from local Toronto council now with the teachers and there's been other incidences as well the problem is uh there's bargaining units here that are negotiating with the government uh when that happens you have to go to the table you have to negotiate but you can't be the bully and ford always comes out as being the bully he doesn't like what's being negotiated can't seem to get through with his minister then what happens? introduce the notwithstanding clause. And maybe the feds need to step in. I know our prime minister touched base on it, made a comment uh, to the media earlier this week where he said it was inappropriate to bring in the clause and exercise the clause. But maybe we need to be more forceful with this uh, provincial government. And perhaps they need to be uh, refrained and taken away Uh, some of their powers, uh, because now the scope is not so much on uh, the CUPE employees, but now it seems that there's a violation of their rights. And fundamentally, that's wrong on too many levels. And it seems to be occurring more and more and more often. And I question myself, how far is this guy going to go?
3: Well, what do you think? Answer your own question. How far?
2: Well, I I think that if he's successful, I think he, the question will be: Well, we did it with QP. Uh, let's do it with the other boards. Uh, there's other boards that have to be negotiated. There's the ops uh, the union contracts, and I believe that given the test here, if they're successful, then they will use it again in the future.
3: Okay, can and I? I
2: don't like.
3: Okay, Joseph, hang on one second. And Daniel, I'm just talking with my producer. I'm going to bring in Steve from Barry, and uh, let's uh, Joseph in Toronto, and you out there listening. Let's hear what Steve and Barry says, and uh, let's uh, have a conversation. Steve, welcome.
11: Welcome. The reason I'm calling for, and I know that everybody's complaining about the notwithstanding clause, but there is a terrific there was a terrific article in today's uh, Sun. And it says Ford's use of it, he has no choice because it was a result of an activist court. In two thousand and twelve, in two thousand and twelve, you had McGinty, ordered the teachers back to back to work and said this is the amount of money you're gonna get. Two thousand fifteen, you had a Supreme Court judge Saskatchewan, says everybody has a constitutional right to go on strike. And as a result of that ruling in 2016, the unions took the Ontario government to court. They said it was unconstitutional what they did, and the government had to pay $100 million. What can the government do every time a teacher goes out and strike? My kid brother in 1967 was on the front page of the Globe and Mail because he had to do a high school project in a business course on making a product. And he made T-shirts. They sold a lot. And he said, teachers, I know this isn't the teachers on this, but what you give to the support staff, if it's really good, The other people are going to ask for the same thing because you're not dealing with one union. You're dealing with more. And he had a T-shirt that said priorities. Number one, money. Number two, money. Number three, money. Number 10,
3: students. All right, Steve, hang on. Let's get a response. Joseph, what are you making of Steve's argument here?
2: But let's talk about the notwithstanding clause, and the issue here is that we have a government, as I mentioned earlier, that seems to be using it almost abusing it. And when, if the question is, we've tied the hands of the government, I don't believe that. Nor do I believe the article in the Toronto Sun, because we have an arbitration system in this province. We have negotiating uh, skills. The union uh, giants and government. Um, uh, people should be going to the table. If they can't negotiate that, there's other options. But what the government has actually done is they've tied their hands and said, we're going to pass legislation, we're going to bring the legislation in, and you're going to get back to the classroom. Well, you know what? The giant just woke up and said, we're not going back. And you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a backlash in this government. Watch over the next couple of days. It's already happening. Other unions, not even associated with education, have already jumped in. And they said, whoa, 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 hold on a minute here. This is wrong. Because, again, it's abuse of the notwithstanding clause.
3: All right, Joseph, let's let's hear from Steve. You made your point. Your response to that.
11: He has a very valid point, but the bottom line is the teachers were ordered back in 2012, and McGinty had that right, and he wasn't the first government to do that. They've done that for years and said, look, if you come to an impasse, and you've got an impasse right now, and the bottom line is is he can't turn around and order them back because if he ordered them back, they take them to court. We have to pay more money. What option does the government have? And we're not the only province that has used the notwithstanding clause. Quebec has used it. You don't hear much about it. It was against, uh, if English wants a gov- uh, government, what do you call services, they have to speak in French, not English. I mean, nothing came out of that one. And that was in the withstanding clause. So if you're complaining about the withstanding clause, we're not the only province that has done that. Okay, and it, And it's legal. Just like going on strike is legal,
2: that's a legal maneuver. Oh,
3: okay, sorry. Did I
2: never said that it's not uh, legal. What, what I'm saying is it's being used up to the point where it's almost being abused in this province. All right, that's how about all I'm saying?
3: Okay, guys, so that we're we're not the the dog chasing our tail here. Let's end it on this. Then this was something that was suggested to uh, to a couple of our. Uh, guests. Uh, The other day, Jane Brown put it to them. It's a little bit late now because the barn door is kind of flapping and the horses have already left. But in order to prevent this, the suggestion was maybe get the government to withdraw the legislation too late. It's passed and it's become law and have the union say no strike. So we're now at a point. Is there any way or have we reached a point of uh, no return? Maybe we have now, given where we are uh, Friday around 1230 in the afternoon. They're out. It's now a law. but is there any way the two sides can head back and 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 do something here? Is it binding arbitration? Uh, they just going to get tired eventually and somebody's going to give in a little bit more than someone else? How do you see this playing out?
2: But Bob, I think what's gonna happen here next, if uh if, if they're gonna play it and they have to, uh it's far too big. It's gotta go back to an arbitrator. That's that's what's gonna have to happen here. Teachers go back, schools reopen, and it and it goes into an arbitrator, which the union and the government uh will pick, and within months, maybe longer, a resolution will be made. That's the only way. Lecce will not go back to the table. Neither are the big unions. It's got to go back to an arbitrator. And let's only resolve.
3: Okay. Very good. You've had your say, Joseph. Uh, Thank you so much, Joseph, in Toronto for joining us. And let's leave it. uh, And you can listen as Steve responds to that. Let's uh, have you have the final say here before we go to break. Well, it's not having a final say. I mean, uh, we're he in no said. man's land right now. Uh, we had, uh, both sides
11: sitting, sitting across each other with these accusations. You know, you, you drop the strike thing, we'll talk to you or we'll entice in, in this. We've already, they've already both created, uh, uh, what do you call a stalemate? How we're going to go from that point? Someone's got to be the adult in the room and step forward and say, look, Let's meet or do something. I I can't see an arbitrator is going to give more money than what the government wants or whatever. And and is what the government offering anything more than what's being offered by other I understand the federal employees are being offered well over an average of four years, two point zero six percent by the federal government to their employees. So two point five isn't out of what's being offered by other unions.
3: And and you know what? Ch- chances are it's not going to be what QP ha- was initially asking, and chances are it's not going to be the government's latest offer. Would you agree? It's still going to be oh, somewhere down I, in the hey, middle. I
11: agree with you. We're no man's land. It's going to be hard to even say what what's the next step.
1: Mm-hmm.
11: Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest. I mean, I got a granddaughter at home today that I'm looking after. I mean, hello. I mean, you got to do what you do. We we're all hoping that they're going to be in school.
3: And what are you? What are your? What's your uh, adult child, the parent, uh, saying about the situation?
11: Well, they don't like it. <laughs> they don't like it because uh, both of uh, one's a commuter and the other one's got a high profile job where where uh, you know uh, they can't take time off, and nobody likes the little one as staying at home when when the chance is after COVID for two years and the break we've had so far, you know, hello. I mean, there's got to be some reasoning in there of why they went out and strike besides money.
3: Steve and Barry, thank you so far, so uh, so much for calling, and sorry that uh, you've had to. Uh uh, well, not sorry that you joined us, but sorry that your your grandchild has. Uh, made... hopefully they've been playing well on their own there while uh, you've been babysitting. And uh, sorry that we had to take you away from them, but we're happy at the same time that you were able to join us and join the conversation. And maybe, maybe it'll give some others something to think about and want to join in as well. Thanks, Steve. Well,
11: I got to say thank you very much. And it's not babysitting; it's called grandparenting. Yeah. So, I, oh, I know.
3: Business. I know. I know. Actually, my wife knows better than I do, but I I still sort of know what. Uh, of what you speak. So uh, hey, listen, keep up the good, good work. It? it is. It's all keep, good. Keep up Thank the good work. Thank you very work. much for my time. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. 416 360 Toll free 1-866-744-740. Bob Kompsek sitting in for Libby Zneimer. You're listening to Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Free for all Friday. is going to continue. And I want to say Maria in Toronto,
0: Susan in Toronto, We'll get to you right after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt.
1: Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me!
0: Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby's Nimer, here is Bob Comsick. Thank you and welcome back. I
3: said, Maria in Toronto, Susan in Toronto. They've been waiting oh so patiently. So, Simone in Parkdale and Roger and Lindsay, you're going to have to just hang tight for a little while longer. Let's uh, start with Suzanne. Uh, welcome to Fight Back on Zuma Radio, Suzanne. Uh, Susan, rather. Go ahead. Go ahead, Susan. It's quite... Susan, are you there? I think you might have to turn down your radio if you're listening to the radio and not uh, on your phone. We'll give you one more shot here to see if you're listening. And are you on your phone, not listening to the radio?
8: Sorry, sorry. Yeah, don't listen to the
3: radio because there's a delay there. No, I'm not.
8: I'm not. I'm I'm hearing my name and I'm not listening. I don't know why.
3: Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Um, it's okay. Go ahead.
8: it's It's a very... Just a, 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 I've noticed um, being a boomer that uh, I, I just noticed the world has just changed so 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 much, and that's really all I my observation. Everything seems to be about uh, Not running, nothing.
3: Nothing specifically, or
8: everything. Everything uh, the way people are in stores, the way. Everything is about money now, the way, uh, the uh, the news, what makes the news. Um, news used to be, um, you know, new. I mean, it was not like uh, Madonna's, you know, got her 50th uh, Facebook. Like, everything has changed. It's, it's, well, I find it very well, sad. Very sad. So you have to look for the, you know, you have to look for the good things, of course. But,
3: well, um, well.
8: you know, I just... I've just noticed, uh,
3: well, if you have, amazing. if you have your, if you have your health and you have loved ones around you, I know well, it sounds trite, but,
8: uh, no, that isn't trite. That's, that's it. You know, people don't realize, too now. if you have your health, you know, you, you have everything that, that is sort of not even, I don't know, it's not thought about that much anymore.
3: Oh, no, I think it has been as a result of what's happened. I think as a result of what's happened the the past couple of years, when you wish someone, uh, uh, you know, health and happiness, uh, I think it uh, strikes a a different chord with people where they'll agree more so now than they might have years ago where it was just something that was said or something that was written in a card yeah. but now it's like when you say that you're yeah. probably saying it because you strongly feel that way and you yeah. want to convey that message to the person and I think more people are taking that to heart and saying oh how true nothing mm-hmm. no no truer words were spoken these days if if you can say uh, here's to your health okay S- yep. susan okay. in toronto thank you very much appreciate it you're let's go to maria in toronto Welcome to Fight Back. Maria, go ahead.
12: Oh, hi. Uh, This is the first time I'm calling.
1: Welcome. But
12: uh, thank you. Uh, I want to talk about the landlord and uh, tenant board. Uh, I have the, I'm a small, I have one home that uh, is being rented. I'm a senior citizen. My husband and I bought that many years ago so that we would have a little bit of extra income right now for, for our years, our last years. And uh, I have a tenant that hasn't paid in uh, since May. They're owing us a lot of money. She seems to have all the rights. Uh, she, uh, If I go there and ask for rent, she calls the police and says I'm harassing. If I go there again and ask, for rent, she calls the inspectors. I call the landlord and tenant board. I put my papers in June 1st. right? Until today, I've tried getting in touch with them. I've hired a legal, paralegal to try and be in touch with them. You can't get in touch with these people, and when they do, it seems they say it's due to COVID. Uh, But, you know, when the mortgage payments have to come out of the bank, of course, uh, the bank doesn't want to hear my excuses they just want their money no, but of course. i have no protection whatsoever
3: i don't know what uh you know what what i can offer you in terms of uh suggestions it sounds like uh you're right on top of it but uh just you know hitting your head up against the wall and uh it's got to be clearly very frustrating. I, I know personally, I had a situation okay. years ago with a tenant that was difficult. Luckily, they moved on and it went from one extreme uh, to the other. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, you, unfortunately, you just have to stick with it and hope that the system works I out do. in your favor.
12: I, I, I do, and I, I'm sticking with it. I have no yeah, choice. Right. I put up the the place up for sale, but of course nobody wants it because there's a tenant there that doesn't pay and doesn't leave. Mm. the The thing is, the landlord and tenant board is there, and uh, in the Toronto Sun, all we hear about is the poor tenants, the poor tenants, uh, the landlords are gouging them, uh, so on and so forth. Well, there's there not are. Enough-
3: there- there are arguments, Maria, to be had on both sides. I know in your own situation, it sounds like based on, uh, your side of things, it's, it's clearly you're the one who's in the difficult situation. I, I don't think there's disputing that based on, uh, what you're telling us here now. But at the same time, there are tenants out there that are in buildings where, uh, things are not so much in their favor and they're they're feeling wrong to buy so it kind of works both ways so i I don't think we should be uh, using the generalization
12: from legal aid Mm -hmm. she gets help from legal aid she's getting help from the government she owes hydro hydro is giving her a break on what she owes who's giving me the small landlord a senior citizen,
1: mm-hmm.
12: when is the government going to be healthy? I'm not saying these big corporations that they don't do this, but the, I'm not the first one to complain about this. No. We have no one that helps us. Mm-hmm. And when we go to the landlord and tenant, uh, you know, uh, too bad. You have to wait. I mean, come on. You... We're over, we're out to over $12,000. That's Ooh. a lot of money for us.
3: Uh, do you, it sounds like you're taking the ball and and running with it uh, on your own or with your with your husband, but anyone else uh, providing any assistance? Do you have any expert or, or experts no. helping you out? I went no, I've to
12: a legal a legal uh, clinic and. Yeah. Um, I pay them to put my papers in Mm -hmm. and since then I call them almost every two weeks. Have you heard anything? They tell me, well, you call the landlord and tenant board. Well, I tried calling landlord and tenant board and I wait for two hours. Nobody answers the phone. So I've gone to Michael Ford. I think it's Michael.
3: Michael, Michael right?
12: Yeah. Uh, I I've gone to the office and I've asked if they could do anything. Of course, they said, no, we can't do anything. Hmm. Try and call the, uh, the, the board and we'll try for you. Supposedly they got in touch with the board and they said, well, she has to wait. Well, no. so like, ar- I just want some help in the sense that the tenants gets help from everybody. And then if I go there to try and collect my rent,
3: okay,
12: uh, you know, she calls the cops, the cops come to my yep. door where I live and say, Hey, Stop harassing
3: her. Okay. Well, we've we've heard your side. Maybe Maria, what we'll do now is we'll let you go. Wish you wish you luck. And maybe there's somebody out there who might be able to propose uh, a solution that might be able to help out uh, Maria in Toronto, whether it's uh, still during the course of the show today or at some point in the future. And wish anyone Maria and anyone like her in a position like that. Uh, success and being able to get things uh, working out in their favor. Roger and Lindsay, welcome to fight back here on Zoomer radio.
6: Yes. Good afternoon, Bob. How are you? Okay. You good. What I'd like to know Bob, first off, it's going to refer to the uh, Doug Ford government. Right. I wonder how much of a pay increase they got this year. Cause I can't find out. Mm. Um, last year, the MPs and uh, we're not talking the ministry office boys or but right across the board they got 11%. The year before that they got 14%. That adds up to 25% increase in 2 years not counting this year of whatever their paychecks are somewhere in the neighborhood of 160,000. And, you know, I listen to, you know, the teachers and all our unions and the state of affairs they're in right now. Um, when the teachers are asking for 11-something percent over three years... Hey, it's
3: the education workers, I'm not teachers, not the teachers, know, but
6: go ahead. Yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, with with the government, uh, it's that, you know, don't do as I uh, do, do as I say sort of a deal. The money they're making and all the perks and the write-offs they get... The general public, you know, they're in trouble. There's a lot of people in the future. Uh, I think we've just seen the beginning of this inflation, and I think next year things are going to be much more difficult. Um, and I feel sorry for a lot of families. Uh, it's going to be difficult, and uh, but... When I think of how much of an increase the government just votes themselves in and then tells yeah. everybody else to hit the grindstone, yeah. um, well, it's sort of uh, uh, not what I call very fair. No,
3: nope, that, uh, that much I think uh, uh, all would agree on that one. Roger, thank you very much for your time. Let's go to Simone in Parkdale, who has been patiently waiting her turn. Well, your turn. Thank go ahead, you. Simone.
1: Thank you. Uh, I just, my comment is that, uh, uh, you know, I, I think to Trudeau, uh, Justin Trudeau is very hypocritical in calling, uh, I don't like Doug Ford that much, but he's, uh, uh you know, uh, uh, com- uh, commented on the, uh, criticized the notwithstanding clause brought in by them. But, uh, here he is in trouble now because of the Emergencies Act. And uh, so he's very hypocritical. And Quebec has used it, uh, notwithstanding clause, quite a few times. Um, but th- another thing is uh, that there was an article in the in the Sun today I heard about uh, by uh, Brian Lilly. Uh, t- um, it's a whole different light, put a whole different light on the notwithstanding clause and the reason for it. And, uh, that you know, as, uh, Judge um, Justice Abella, uh, who was a Supreme Court judge, she took away a lot of the rights of the government in dealing with unions. And so maybe they want to read that to see, you know, the difference.
3: Okay, Simone in uh, Parkdale. Thank you very much thank for your you. time, and uh, uh, glad that you had the opportunity to get up there on uh, on the soapbox. Uh, Dan in Elmwood. Welcome to Fight Back on Zuma Radio.
13: Yes. Good day, Bob. Good day. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, say a few words about inflation. It's uh, an interest rates. Uh, raising interest rates, I don't think is going to help so much with inflation this time around because uh, it's not being driven driven by normal uh, factors. It's being driven, I suspect, in large part, to the price of diesel fuel. I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but oh, yeah. uh, diesel fuel is, oh sixty 60 to and 70 cents more uh, than gasoline uh, per liter.
3: Uh, and, uh, and just three- so you know, you mentioned diesel. It's going up 12 cents tomorrow.
13: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, and, uh uh, and that does make sense when the price of a barrel of crude is 85 to $90. Um, big oil is going to have record, and I mean super record profits. Uh, I think the, the governments of the world should be clamping down on big oil. Doing I don't know, what, they, what they do with them, I don't know. But, you know, they've got us over the barrel. They know we need it. So, hey, they're just taking advantage of us.
3: Yeah, that unfortunately, that... Uh... That song is going to be sung for years to come, even once we get over this inflation hump. But I, I just think that's something that's always going to be with us. We uh, always seem to uh, be crying foul when it comes to, uh, to gas prices more often than not. So, yeah, d- d- and I
13: mean, uh, getting back to the inflation thing, uh, raising interest isn't going to stop the inflation because the diesel price of diesel fuel is what's driving it. And raising the interest rates just hurts the everyday person a little bit more.
0: Okay. Very
3: much. uh, Thank you very much, Dan and Elmwood, for uh, joining us. Uh, Cheryl, all the way down the 401 in Kingston. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Okay. I just want to say that in terms of the educators and their strike, there's one thing that people forget easily, and especially Ford doesn't even know, that teachers are, are the... Cement foundation of our society. They bring our young people along to take care of things after us. I think the notwithstanding clause is raining on all of our rights and freedoms, and this should not be allowed. And in terms of Okay, the teachers or the, the educators apparently dropped their ask from eleven percent to six. But Far decided, no, he doesn't want that. He wants to be what he is the boy who tells everybody what to do, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent okay and I could go on but I don't want but I'll, I won't waste your time <laughs> no, but it's not a
3: waste, a waste of time I
1: have to understand Ford is not transparent he doesn't care about anybody but himself okay and those people who
3: didn't vote. Cheryl, thank you very much. Cheryl and Kingston, point made. And the final word is going to go to uh, Keith in Oshawa regarding the situation with the education workers and Doug Ford and his government, because a lot of people have been saying teachers, but I think they know it's easy enough to slip that into your uh, argument and say teachers, They, they meant education workers. So go ahead, Keith, quickly.
9: Hi Bob, thanks for taking my call. I'd just like to say I really support these workers. They deserve what they get. They haven't had a raise in a long, long time. They are not teachers and people should not get them mixed up. I voted for Ford to get rid, Ford to get rid of those liberals who are just decimating our province. But Mr. Ford is dead wrong here. He's following the leader. In, the, in Ottawa down there, who, as far as I'm concerned, is a dictator backed by the NDP. We have no democracy anymore, and Ford's trying to pull the same stunts he's doing. Hazel McCallion said the only people that are going to bankrupt this province are the police and the firefighters who have the best of everything. Now, when their contract comes up, I'd like to see Ford offer them 1%.
3: Okay. Keith and Oshawa, we've got to go. That does it for free for all Friday here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Bob Comsick in for Libby's Nimer. Jane Brown back in this chair on Monday.
0: Have a great weekend. Remember, Saturday, turn that clock back an hour before you go to sleep. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.